Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Best of Mitt Romney? Worst of Mitt Romney? Best of the Democratic media? Worst of Joe Biden? Yes, it is the end of the week. It is a Fish Fry Friday right here on Critical Thinking. I'm Andrew Coppins. He's Pat Oni. We've got a ton to get into. So let's get down to Critical Thinking. You know the drill by now. Do not forget you can follow us on the socials. I'm at The Coppins Show. He's at The Pat Oni Show. We are on Instagram at Critical Thinking Show. So if you want to follow us, go ahead and do that. Although it's been kind of dead for a while on on the Instagrams because, well, um, their algorithm hates anything conservative. So, and, and it's uh, very trigger happy on the, uh, you get a suspension. So why, why, why now all of that having been said, Pat, uh, how are you feeling on this fish fry Friday? Well, my wife left me. Wait, what? What are you yeah. going to do about making that Sammy? Uh, I, I I don't know. I mean, she only left me for a day yesterday. She's uh, over student council, and they had a retreat. So um, um, I've been bacheloring it for the last 24 hours. That explains a few things. W- what does that explain exactly? That hair. <laughs> oh, wait, that's just your normal ginger hair. Never mind. It, it, this is this is my hair, you dork. <laughs> but but more importantly, Pat, um, have you watched "Convicting a Murderer" on Daily Wire? It's I have their, not. Re, it's like it's a, I think it's a six or eight part documentary uh, series on um, exploring the truth behind the Stephen Avery case that was making a murderer. The uh, the documentary on uh, Netflix back in the day, like 2015 or 16? Yeah, I, nope, not, haven't seen either one. You you should. Okay. But uh, I, was a- I was asking that because I feel like you were um, playing the role of the <clears throat> documentary makers in uh, Making a Murderer. 
because you omitted half of the story that kind of gives you the important context. You said your wife left you. She's yeah. like what? 8 months pregnant? Yeah. That that would be that uh, that would not be good. Well, she's actually 7 months pregnant, but but yeah. Okay, either way, still yeah. not good that your wife would leave you at 7 months pregnant. I would have some very serious right. questions about what the hell you did, Pat. Why does everybody assume it would be something that I did? Couldn't it be something that she did? You're a ginger. It's always your fault. How is it always my fault? Because you're a ginger. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, see, uh, allegedly God hated gingers. I I don't know. Uh, How exactly? I don't know. I'm like half Irish. Why would I hate gingers? Of all things, I, I I don't I don't know, but for whatever reason you Especially do. Especially since when, as I've gotten older, see my hair used to change to in the summer. It used to change colors. It used to get really light, uh-huh. and, and now it just gets like a like auburn color. So what you're really saying is in the that summer, you're you're you're, you're turning white. I am white, brah. No, I mean your hair is turning white. It has been for better part of 15, maybe even 20 years now. So, um, got me good there. Yeah, 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 I suppose I did. (laughs) All right, so we have a ton to get it. I was asking that because you omitted the back half of that, and it is super important, just like yesterday's released episode of Convicting a Murderer, in which... um, one of the key dramatic moments of making a murderer in the uh-huh. very first episode, they leave you with the cliffhanger of a police dispatch call on the scene at uh, the place where this murder took place. Okay. Uh-huh. All I'm going to say is that they leave you with this cliffhanger of this, this officer asking about if they've put Stephen Avery, who is the murderer. Okay. If uh-huh. they've got him in custody and, what you know from the context of the episode is that they wouldn't have had him in custody yet because they didn't know. So how the hell did he ask that question, right? That's the implication. Now, if you play the next 10 seconds of the dispatch call, you would find, or the previous 10 seconds, you would find all the context needed to know why he might have asked that question because somebody called in that they put somebody, that they had arrested somebody. So the Second person is the person asking, oh, is Stephen Avery asking a simple question? Is Stephen Avery in custody? The dispatcher, end scene, by the way, the dispatcher, going back to real life, the dispatcher responds with, no, that was somebody else who had a warrant out for his arrest. Oh, okay, click. <laughs> so Kind of important context, right? <laughs> so, so what you're saying is, is that... Uh... Context clues, Pat. Give us come. Give us the full truth, not half the well, truth, please. But, but, but what you're saying is, is that they were they were adding suspense to the documentary. No, what I was saying is that they were omitting key facts to spin a narrative. But, 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 but didn't but didn't they didn't they tell you what what it was if you gave it like another fifteen seconds? Because that's not what I in heard. making a murderer. Oh, not See, making a murder. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Right. In the Netflix hit, like, all over the world documentary, right? Gotcha. You didn't know the last 
part. It cuts it right at is uh, Stephen Avery in custody, right? Click and scene. So you're assuming in making a murderer that somebody knows that Stephen Avery committed this crime, right? That's the assumption that you're left to believe. Uh-huh. Now, if you got the next 10 seconds and the 10 seconds prior to the clip that they edited in, the first part would be the individual calling into dispatch to verify a warrant and then uh-huh. notifying them that they're arresting this individual who has a warrant out for his arrest. It sounds like they, they just do a terrible, terrible job of doing a documentary, whereas me, on the other hand, I just you know add a uh, level of suspense to the show. Yeah, okay. No, no. Uh, dude does not abide. All right, with all of that shenanigans out of the way, we've got the best takes, the worst takes. We're going to crown a brand new Richard of the Week. Um, we're going to go with the worst takes, but before we get into your worst takes, I have one that I needed to add to the pile. Oh, boy. Really? Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Doing more than three? Yeah, this is a quick one. And it okay. is from the world of education, education. Edu- okay. Oh, boy. From our fearless warrior for the teachers. Oh, don't tell me this is going to be something from Randy Weingarten. Oh, it is. Oh, boy. Uh-uh, because she decided to sit for an interview with Seth Harris from Northeastern University and then took the opportunity to rail against parents for the crime of wanting to be notified if their children attempt to change their gender at school or ensure that their kids are not exposed to pornography. In response to a question from Harris, Weingarten went off, comparing parents today to segregationists. I'm just just, just going to stop right there, Pat, because I'm going to tell you out in uh, Rumble Land, or if you're listening via podcast, make sure you are subscribed, you're downloading, rating, and reviewing. By the by, we greatly appreciate it. It is the best way for you to help us grow the show. It's, it's very simple. It doesn't cost you money. It costs you five seconds of your time. So, um, never, ever will you win an argument about anything by comparing anybody to a segregationist. You lose the argument when you go this this direction, when you go the, you're a racist, you're a segregationist, you're this, you're... Just just no. Right? Just, Just no. So, back to the point at hand. And you might say, well, what did she say? Well, she said, quote, the same kind of roots that happened in the aftermath of Brown versus Board, those same words that you heard in terms of wanting segregation post Brown versus Board of Education, those same words you hear today, Weingarten said, quote, I was kind of gobsmacked, great word, by the way, I was kind of gobsmacked when I was talking to Southern Poverty Law Center. Again, folks, um, a bullshit warning. Anytime you are taking anything the Southern Poverty Law Center says seriously, you're doing it wrong. Anyway, she continues, and they showed me the same words, choice, parental rights, and attempts to divide parents versus teachers. And at that point, it was white parents versus other parents. But it's kind of the same, but it's the same kind of words, she continued. Except for, again, this is why I brought up context to begin the program. 
with the exception of this, Pat, um, who do they advocate for the most for school choice? Black and brown kids, mainly black, impoverished inner city youth who have failing schools and failing savior teachers. People are advocating for them to get out of failing schools and compete and learn and get an education. They are advocating for proper education, not his poor education. What the F is that take? This is this is liberal or socialist theology, if you will, 101. Racism, Southern Poverty Law Center, segregation. You're a racist if you believe in school. Wait a minute. I, I'm over here saying the kids that have no money in mom or dad or mom are working two or three jobs, shouldn't be hamstrung by that. We want them to have every advantage that every other student has because of socioeconomic situations. We want a level playing field, not a education system based off of your privilege. And that's economic privilege, by the way. The privilege that Stacey Davis Gates, the head of the Chicago Teachers Union, Local One, Randy Weingartner, uh, Weingarten's buddy buddy, has the ability to do for her child. Her child gets to choose based off of their educational and extracurricular activity wants and needs because mommy makes $160,000 a year off the backs of us, the taxpayer. She gets that choice. But mom, who's working two jobs, one at McDonald's in the morning and one uh, you know, three to 11 shift so that they can put food on the table for their four kids or whatever, right? That parent maybe makes $35,000, $40,000 a year, can't afford to be able to send that child to the same school to have the same opportunities, extracurricular or in school. Miss me with your bullshit. Just miss me with that. That. This is the worst of the worst takes. That's why I had to put this in here, Pat. This is awful. This is hot freaking garbage. You know, it kind of sounds like to me that uh, Randy Weingartner, or excuse me, Weingarten, mm-hmm. should uh, potentially be a nominee for the uh, Richard of the Week category. Potentially, yeah, potentially. Yeah. But yeah. we've got way more in the worst takes, Pat. I know that you've got a few for me, so uh, where are we going first? Oh... Let's get Joe Biden out of the way. That's always a good idea. Yeah. We not only recovered all the jobs we lost during the pandemic, we've added millions more. We've seen record lows in unemployment, particularly, and I've focused on this my whole career, particularly for African-Americans and Hispanic workers and veterans. You know, workers without high school diplomas, the lowest unemployment rate in 70 years for women now. I'm just going to say this, Pat, real quick. This wouldn't have been a worse take if there was a... Hear me out on this. 
a semicolon. If they would have put a semicolon. Pray, pray, pray tell what you mean by that exactly. So, there's the section in which he says black and Hispanic workers. Yeah. And then he just blathers into the, and those without high school diplomas. Insinuating based off of his speech that that all black and Hispanic workers don't have high school diplomas, right? Yes. What would a semicolon in that sentence, because it does need to be a full sentence, what would a semicolon have accomplished there? Uh, it would have broken those up into two separate thoughts. Bingo! It would have been a very clear thought that yeah. I am talking about this group over here and then this separate group having this thing happen to them all in the same sentence. Yeah, but uh, you know how he made the claim that he's worked on that for his entire career? A bullshit. <laughs> like we need to find that uh, that clip and just play it over <laughs> just, and over just again. Just play it when it happens. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, he hasn't worked on this his entire career. Definitely not. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. He worked on it at all. Yeah. I mean, he tried welfare reform back in the 90s when it was the Clinton thing to do, right? Oh, uh, sure. Okay. The the grifter thing to do in the 90s, but um, no, no, he really hasn't. And also, um, wow, dude, wow. Just, um, then we've got, um, I told you we we're going to have the best and worst of Mitt Romney. The best and worst of Mitt Romney? Yeah. You mean the worst and worst of Mitt Romney? No, there's going to be a best and a worst. Oh, okay. So, which one? Well, you know what? We're going to get a double dose of worst, and it's actually Mitt Romney himself because he is one of the worst when it comes to, I don't know, rallying Team GOP. Just, just going to put it this way. How did you deal with China? So, on impeachment, on a, another impeachment trial potentially. Uh, you know, I know the House is beginning an impeachment inquiry. Um, I haven't heard any allegation of something that would rise to the level of a high crime or misdemeanor. I think it would be very unusual to actually see a referral of impeachment. I, I don't expect that. To what are you talking about, bro? Has he not been paying attention? Now, here's the good news. Here's the good news. I'm just going to spoil this because I do have a best, and it comes from Ben Shapiro as an answer to the Mitt Romney crowd. <clears throat> so according to the media, there is no evidence that Joe was involved in or benefited from Hunter's corrupt business arrangements. So true, except for witness testimony from Devin Archer, statements from Tony Bobolinsky, texts from Hunter Biden's computer, WhatsApps from Hunter Biden's computer, Joe Biden's statements on leveraging the ouster of Viktor Shokin in Ukraine, unexplained income to Joe Biden, and a lifetime of corruption benefiting his family from Joe Biden. That, that, that's not evidence though, right, Andrew? I mean, that, that's, that's just all hearsay. Right. And none of them would rise to high crimes or misdemeanors except for money laundering, um, not registering as a foreign agent, um, influence peddling of your uh, vice presidency, 
Um, let's see what else. Um, oh, um, let's also see what else is there. Um, this this thing with the Victor Shokin, this thing called oh extortion. So, are we talking Rico here? Because that's kind of what it sounds like. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if... So here's the thing, right? You have to follow the evidence of what you can prove, right? And we've talked about that with the 2020 election. We've talked about it with all these other things. Just going to say this, though. We have witness sworn under oath, you know, sworn under perjury. And yes, of course, people lie all the time. But in this case, what is the benefit of the lie for these people? For Devin Archer, for all these people, what the hell would their benefit of a lie be for them? None. There would be none. That's the point. These people are literally saying, guess what? I was corrupt too. Yep, I was his business partner. Yep, I was his business partner. But I'm letting you know of the corruption. By the way, I'm pretty sure uh, Tony Bobulinski still isn't on CNN. Like, searchable. Well, we can find out real quick. In fact, we can do this in real time, Pat. Did you know that? It, yes, I did know that. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. great, grand, wonderful. Let me get that for you. Are, are you sure? Yeah. Do you need help? No. <clears throat> Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Oh. <gasps> What? No, 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 no. Still not there? They say that there are uh, 567 references to Tony Bobolinsky. On CNN. Uh-huh. Remember when there was zero? Well, I'm just going to get rid of the word Tony. Um. Yeah, no, no, zero. no, no, no. <clears throat> See, it turns out when you uh, when you take away the Tony, no, N- nothing, nothing. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> what are you talking about, Mitt? Right, this is the point. What are you talking about? <clears throat> what <clears throat> what sources are you listening to? What sources are you watching? Whom are you paying attention to on this? Uh, no. It, it, here's the thing. I, I don't even think that matters. I think that he just has his head buried in the sand because this is. He doesn't want to be involved with another impeachment inquiry, considering he impeached or, or wanted to convict a sitting president last time mm-hmm. over nothing. Yeah, I just I don't I don't understand this. I really don't like 
this is beyond gaslighting at this point for me when it comes yep. from the, not just from Mitt Romney, but everybody who says this. There's no evidence. There's no evidence. I, I had this conversation last last night <clears throat> with somebody. There's no evidence. What the hell are you talking about? There's no evidence. This isn't like a um, Clinton deposition in a question of is him lying in a civil deposition worthy of impeachment? No, no, no. We are talking about bank statements, physical records, like provable crap <clears throat> that tells us that they were money laundering, that they were literally a gangster crime family. And who's at the head of it? The person that's able to peddle the influence to get the riches, right? So <clears throat> I, I just really, I, I, it's like, what, what, what world are you people living in? That, that's my thing. Like they're not, and I also wanted to take myself out and say, hang on a second, but what if, right? What if they're right? except for I can't ignore the physical evidence that exists. That's the problem here. This isn't a this isn't a fight over did he say some did he use the wrong syllable on the wrong emphasis, right? That's a, that, that no. This is did he or did he not make money? Did he or did he not extort a nation? Right? A foreign government for his own personal benefit. Did he or did he not break in millions upon millions of dollars from foreign businesses, laundering money, doing their bidding, blah, 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 blah. That's what this is about. This is holy high crimes and misdemeanors. I just, how do you get there? How do you get to that take? But... Go ahead. Head buried in sand is how you get there. But yeah. But then I also figured this out. He also hates the GOP. Hmm. So all of it makes sense because he did this. When you look at the Republican Party, particularly where the House of Representatives is, do you feel like this is a Republican Party that is beholden to former President Donald Trump? Well, there's no question, but that the Republican Party today is, is in the shadow of Donald Trump. Uh, he is the leader of the greatest portion of the Republican Party. Uh, it's a populist, I believe, demagogue portion of the party. Uh, look, I represent a small wing of the party, if you will. I call it the wise wing of the Republican Party. Uh, and uh, I don't believe we're going away. I think ultimately we'll see a resurgence and come back into leadership of the party. Uh, look, uh, my wing of the party talks about policy and about issues that will make a difference to the lives of the American people. The uh, Trump wing of the party uh, talks about resentments of various kind and getting even and, and settling scores and, and revisiting the 2020 election. What are the policies for the future? And my party is only going to be successful getting young people to vote for us if we're talking about the future. And that's not happening so far in that other wing. Thoughts, Pat? <sighs> well... I don't know what what uh, the wise wing of the, the, the GOP that he supposedly represents, um, because that that same wise wing that he uh, supposedly represents would be the kind of people that would vote for Joe Biden because he's not Donald Trump or did uh -huh. vote for Joe Biden because he's not Donald Trump. I don't know how that's wise. Right. Exactly. Uh, exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. Also, um, 
How did that work out for you in 2012? Not so good. Because that's going to show up in the uh, best takes of the week as well, by the way. Uh-huh. I'm just going to preview that. This is that, that concept is also going to... Mitt Romney would rather vote for the people who would cut his nose off just to spite Donald Trump. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> I think it's a great time for us to move forward, don't you? I do. I do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and um, let's crown a brand new Richard of the Week. Okay. All right, the nominees hit me one time. Well, we've already talked about two of them. Oh, boy. Actually, three of them. Oh, boy. So we have, uh, you know, uh, Joe Biden um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For, for his comments that he he made earlier because that was. Yeah, Not just those. There, uh, there's there's the tons more stuff. litany of them. But, yes. Yeah. Uh, we have Mitt Romney for, well, his comments that we just barely played. And, of course, then we have um, Donald Trump um, for his uh, interview with uh, Megyn Kelly earlier this week and for his, well, inability to take any kind of responsibility for uh, his COVID response and being proud of his COVID response. Well, 100 million people would have died, said whom? (laughs) Nobody that actually... No. Just just no. Yeah, just 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 no. Um and then we have Where did my other nominee go? Oh, Peter Struck, right? Oh yeah, Peter Struck. Yeah, uh-huh. Um what who what? Oh, you mean that disgraced uh former FBI agent? Yeah, that guy. One of the very few people who magically disappeared after the 2016 election, and and it was found that they were actively attempting to meddle in domestic politics. Yeah. Um, Suggesting that um, the FBI needs a special brand of protection from the people of the United States of America. Uh, Yeah. Here's your yeah. protection there, Peter. Right. It, it's somewhere like right here, right, Pat? Yeah. Like yeah. right about here. Yeah. Yeah. Or or right about here. You know. Ah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yep. <clears throat> and with that though, who in your mind is this week's Richard of the Week? You know, nothing is more racist bigoted horrific mm-hmm. than uh attacking parents for trying to do what's right for their kids protecting them from pornography from all the crazy crap that's going on in schools nowadays gotta go with Randy Weingart mm. Mm. good choice I think that's a very Richard thing to do Anytime you're taking advice from the Southern Poverty Law Center or taking what they say at face value, mm. you're just a Richard. Yeah. And with that, <clears throat> that means we're going into our best takes of the week. 
I've already featured one of them from Ben Shapiro, where he literally laid out some of the evidentiary trail that exists, not going into detail, but the high level evidence that actually physically is known to us today. So that there, there's one of our best takes. Um, I told you I was going to have a best Mitt Romney take. Oh boy. This is actually in defense of Mitt Romney. Oh boy. <clears throat> so Max Kennerly, um, AG Hamilton, um, uh, on Twitter, I disagree on some policy issues with Mitt Romney, but he is among the most decent people to ever run for president. The way Dems and the press smeared him in 2012 remains infuriating and was a major inflection point for our politics. That was his original point. And I think it's a great take because he is a decent man. Okay. That's yeah, the yeah. reality of who he is. Sure. I, I, I don't I don't dis- disagree with that. His the left has sucks. decided to tell us this, Pat. The press was unduly charitable towards Romney in 2012 because he's always been a pleasant guy in person. They minimized, they minimized how Romney made his fortune destroying jobs and papered over his unpopular platform of nuking social services while giving treats to his private equity bros. That's a terrible take, by the way, because what? As A.G. Hamilton pointed out, press accused Romney of murdering a woman with cancer, hating the poor as tax analysis, hating women because he had a binder with resumes, wanting to steal from old people, being racist, etc., etc. These guys are just as disconnected from reality as the only Trump defenders. Yeah, he ain't wrong. No, he's not wrong at all. Mm. The the binder's full of women. Like obviously, that was a terrible, like god awful use uh, turn of phrase, if you will. Right? Yes, that was a terrible way to say what I think everybody knew he was saying. He's like, look, I I put their resumes in this book just like everybody else's resumes. Could have said it that way, but yeah, that's in the moment, heat of the moment, whatever have you. But we forget what the press attempted to do to both him and Paul Ryan, by the way, two of the most decent men in politics. And, and, and this is what I've been talking about for almost 20 years. When they do what they did to Mitt Romney, it makes people not politically like Mitt Romney, but culturally like Mitt Romney, like decent human beings. Right. Yeah. Who have a want to do something not want to do that something. And that something would be representing us politically. That's where we get Donald Trump versus Joe Biden. That's how you get Nancy Pelosi. That's how you get Chuck Schumer's, the all of those individuals, right? That's how you get a Hakeem Jeffries. He's just not a decent human being. He's a, a racist asshole. That's how you get an AOC Ayanna Presley, yada, yada, yada. These people who are unhinged from reality because there's nobody of decency, of the courage to compromise, the courage to compromise with principle. Mitt Romney, by the way, I would suggest, does not have that courage to compromise with principle. He has a courage of compromise, but it's never about actual principles 
And you can t attack him on that all you want. But what they accused him of in 2012 was some of the most asinine, ridiculous rhetoric I have ever seen. Throwing grandma off the cliff and, you know, you're going to kill grandma and grandpa and, and just, just wow. Just, just wow. And, oh, by the way, he's the one who gave you Obamacare, you a-holes. Mm -hmm. He's the one who set in motion and then signed Massachusetts's public option for health care. Mm-hmm. Oopsies. So, again, miss me with that talk of Mitt Romney. Get out of here with the they were charitable talk. Just If you were to go back and play what they said, it would almost match the rhetoric that they used four, six, eight years later about Donald Trump. This is as classic of a democratic socialist playbook as you're going to find. Right? Accuse your enemy of the things that you are actually doing and the things that you are about. Now, that being said, I've already told us the best Ben Shapiro. How about this? CNN with a best take. What? Talking about Joe Biden of all things and all people. What? And he has done, I don't know if it's similar things, but he's sort of told some stories that don't line up quite like this before. Yeah, this president has a, a pattern at this point of either inventing or embellishing stories about his own past, his biography. He did it three times in one speech last month alone. Uh, he claimed he had witnessed a bridge collapse in Pittsburgh when he actually showed up about six hours later. He claimed that his grandfather had died just days before he was born himself at the same hospital. In fact, his grandpa died more than a year before in a different state, not, not the same hospital. Um, and uh, and he also repeated a favorite false story that I and others have debunked over and over again about a supposed conversation with an Amtrak train conductor he was friends with who was actually deceased at the time the conversation would have had to take place. And that's not all. There are some more serious ones in, in my view. Uh, previously in his presidency, he claimed at one point he'd been arrested during a civil rights protest when in other versions of the story he just said an officer had taken him home uh, from a protest. He said he had visited the, the Pittsburgh synagogue where worshippers were killed in a 2018 mass shooting. In fact, he'd actually spoken to the rabbi, uh, but never but never went. Um, and he, he's made a whole bunch of others, too. Uh, he said at one point, Republicans like to bring this up, he said that he used to drive a tractor trailer, used to drive an 18-wheeler. Never happened. The White House later clarified he used to drive a school bus at one point for as a, as a job briefly. School bus, of course, not an 18-wheeler. So whatever his intentions, whether it's you know foggy memory about stuff that's going on decades ago or deliberate embellishment, this is an unfortunate pattern that keeps coming up again and again with Joe Biden. <laughs> Where has that been the last however long? With friends like that who needs enemies, right? No. <laughs> That's kind of what I was thinking. Like, holy crap, CNN. Whoa, 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 whoa. J thank you for journalizing, journalizing me. Journalizing for once. If I could speak. <clears throat> where, I was going to say, where, where has that been for the last however many years now? Wow. But they're not, they're, they're not wrong. That's just no, a small list, by the way. That is just the small list. That it, it that's just that's barely the tip of the iceberg. Tip of the Biden crime family. Yeah, just gonna say.
Okay. Just a tip. You had to do that, didn't you? <laughs> Just one lick of the ice cream cone? Okay. But my last best take comes from the world of sports. Yes, there's a good take in the world of sports. Okay. And it's okay. this one. From Sam Monson. <laughs> Justin Jefferson is just 24 years old and now has more career receiving yards than any Chicago Bears receiver in the entire team's history. All 100 plus years of it. Oh, that's funny. <clears throat> Again, Justin Jefferson is just 24 years old and now has more career receiving yards than any Chicago Bears receiver in the team's history. All 100 plus years of it. Oh, that's funny. You would put that in here. Now, totally ironically, here's the thing. The only thing Bears and Packer fans agree on is that uh, screw the Vikings. But also, um, the Bears still suck. They really, really suck. They really, 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 really suck. They suck so bad that a dude who is 24 has amassed 5,000 receiving yards, and you have never mustered that from a any receiver ever in your entire franchise history. Now, to be fair, at the beginning, there was no real big forward pass emphasis. It wasn't until the Green Bay Packers and Don Hudson in the 1940s in which that actually began to be a thing. Wait for this. Don Hudson of the 1930s and 40s still holds... Multiple NFL records for receiving. We're talking about, what, 80 80 years later? Yeah. The Bears still have nobody over 5,000 yards as a wide receiver. Um. I know the Bears suck, but how, how, how much do the Vikings suck right now, especially after last night's loss? Um, wow. Yeah. I mean, we were out to dinner last night with some friends and, and me and the, it was a, basically it was, uh, the husbands were the tag alongs. Right. So we're just sitting there watching the game while the ladies are doing this chit chatting away. And I I was like, could there be any more representation of how this season is likely to go for the Vikings than watching Justin Jefferson (laughs) fumble a ball right out the side of the end zone? With it, uh, without it ever touching in the end zone. Oh boy! And then also, Sporting News attempting to tell us on on X that um, how was that not a touchdown? It wasn't a touchdown because Justin Jefferson lost control of the football at the two yard line, and the ball was in mid air, <laughs> not touching Justin Jefferson in any way, shape, or form at the goal line. That means you fumbled. Out the back of the other team's end zone, which would be a touchback. So what you're what you're saying here is is that um, it's going to be the Lions, Packers, and then Vikings and the Bears are racing for the bottom of the NFC North. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, question for you, Pat. Yeah, can you take a gander as to how many Green Bay Packer players have amassed five thousand or more? Receiving yards in their career? 
Um, I mean, didn't Jordy Nelson do that? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's at least one. Uh, I'm going to go with... Uh, I want to go with 10. Close. 14. Yeah. James okay. Jones. I be. Carol Dale. Billy Houghton. Don't remember that name. I don't, don't know it. Is. I don't know Randall Cobb. Uh-huh. Max McGee. Greg Jennings. Antonio Freeman. Boyd Dowler. Jordy Nelson is sixth on this list, by the way. Fifth on the all-time list with 7,991 yards. On 488 receptions, by the way, for an average of 16.4 yards per reception is one Don Hudson. Then four is Devontae Adams, three Sterling Sharp, two James Lofton with 9,656. And the all-time leader, probably somebody that you wouldn't guess yet. Uh, Yeah, I don't... Donald Driver. Oh, oh, yeah. 10,137 yards. So the Bears have never even had a 5,000. The Packers have won over 10,000 receiving yards in their career. So so really, he's on there twice. Just, just got to dig that knife in a little deeper. There. I mean, that's the most incredible thing I've ever seen. How the hell is the, the Bears have never... How? I keep getting uh, reels on Facebook about the uh, Packers-Bears game from last weekend, by the way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like some of the incredible passes that Jordan Love did and some of the touchdown plays. And then, of course, you have Justin Fields oh. on the other side, on the Bears. Ouch. Ouch. Who did not have a very good game. No, 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 no. He did not. I mean, uh, he, but did, he did. Yeah. But, my, yeah. My overarching point here is um, the Bears still suck. And on that note, Pat, your final thoughts on this week? Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And to Mitt Romney, bye, Felicia. Please be smart, be safe, be kind. Make sure you eat all of your meals this week. As always, on Wisconsin, the Bears still suck. And Matthew, 547.